Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Jim. I'm one of the pastors here at the King's Church Mid-Sussex, and I'm so glad that you're watching this broadcast today. I know that many of you um, will be regular attendees at the King's Church Mid-Sussex. I hope you're doing okay. I really miss seeing you guys. I really miss us worshipping together week by week. Um, But I've been so encouraged to hear of all the ways that the church is staying connected and loving one another. And I want to just take this opportunity again to keep on encouraging you in these days to um, find every creative way to connect and love and serve one another. I know other people um, may be watching this and you don't normally go to church, but because of the kind of extraordinary days that we are in, you have decided to check out church online or maybe you used to go to church and because of what's happening, you're having a look. I just want to say I'm so glad that you're watching. You're so welcome. And I really hope this message will be an encouragement to you today. Over the next few minutes, I'm going to be talking about a story from the Bible where someone has an encounter with Jesus and their whole life is transformed. In recent weeks here at the King's Church, we've been spending some time in Luke's Gospel. That's Luke's account of Jesus' life. Looking at a series called Meeting Jesus, we've been looking at how different people encountered and then responded to Jesus. Now, it's so important to keep encountering and to keep meeting Jesus. It's not a one-off event. Jesus said that we are to remain in him. Uh, That means it's an ongoing experience. We should have daily encounters with Jesus. My life was transformed when I had an encounter with Jesus 27 years ago. But I don't live off that event that happened nearly three decades ago. Actually, I know that I need every day to have a meeting with Jesus, to know him in my life. And I believe that's true for every person watching today. In another book in the Bible, in the New Testament, in Hebrews, it says that as Christians, we should run our race with perseverance, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. I think we're going to need to learn what it means to run our race with perseverance at the moment. Obviously, incredible things are happening. Um, Our nation's under pressure. We're under pressure. We're not able to meet in the way that we used to meet together. We're going to need some perseverance. How do we persevere? How do we know this perseverance? The Bible says it's by keeping our eyes fixed upon Jesus. So we all need to have a daily encounter with him. But I'm going to be looking at a specific story today from the Bible of a lady who had experienced social isolation. Some of us are learning what this means at the moment. New measures of social distancing and self-isolation are our new reality with the guidance given by our government this week. We're all spending far more time at home and less time out and about. But the lady that we're reading about in this story, well, she had been socially distancing herself for 12 years. 12 long years. And we read about the story in Luke chapter 8. Maybe in your homes there you have a Bible. You might want to turn there and look at the story I'm going to be referring to. It's from verses 40 to 48 in Luke chapter 8. The story starts with a crowd of people welcoming Jesus. 
You see, Jesus had been on a quick trip to the other side of the Lake of Galilee, um, an incredible encounter with a guy over there. And Jesus brought this man incredible freedom. And then Jesus came back to the other side of the lake where he lived, and a crowd was waiting for him to welcome him. Crowds were always waiting for Jesus. And we read that a man walks up to him. This man's name is Jairus. We read that he is a synagogue leader. That's like he's a, he's a local pastor. And he comes up to Jesus in this crowd, and we read that he falls upon his knees, pleading with Jesus for help because his little girl, his 12-year-old daughter, is seriously ill and close to death. And Jesus immediately responds to Jairus and starts heading towards his home. And in verse 42, we read that as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. Just imagine that scene. There were so many people, they were like crushing in on him. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where there are people just pressing on you from every angle, maybe on a busy packed tube train or maybe you've been to a gig or a festival and you're right down the front by the stage and you feel like crushed by all the people that are around you. The words in the story actually means almost like choked. There were so many people, they were like crushing and pressing in and choking Jesus, trying to get close to him. There are people everywhere. There's absolutely no social distancing measures going on at all in this story. And Luke tells us that in this massive crowd of people pressing in upon Jesus, there was one woman who was there, and she'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could help her. No one could help her. For 12 years, she had lived with a very specific and, and very um, hard physical condition. And no one could help. She'd been to every specialist. She'd been to every doctor, every physician, every new age healer. Mark, in his account of Jesus' life, actually tells us that she'd spent all the money that she had to try and get medical intervention, but there would be no success so this woman was desperate. She'd had this condition for 12 years. She had no money. But to understand more of how desperate her situation was, we need to understand something of the culture of the day. This was a time before hand sanitizers and soap and antibacterial wipes. And because of this, there were strict rules in place if you were unwell. The culture of the day insisted that people keep their distance from those who were ill Maybe we can understand a little bit of what that might have been like in our current climate. But back in Jesus' day, if you had certain conditions, if you had certain illnesses, then you would be separated from community. Distance would be put in between you and other people. You wouldn't be able to go to the synagogue to join with the community in worship. You'd have to stay apart from the people that you loved and the community that you were part of. So this woman, she lived with long-term illness. Um, she had no money because she spent it all on medical treatment. She would have been seen as socially unacceptable, and she had no community around her for 12 years. No one to ever hold her hand. No one to ever give her a hug when she needed it. She's desperate for help, but she's also embarrassed about her condition and living in shame. You know, I think there are many people actually who are alive today who are in similar situation to this woman actually feeling isolated, feeling separate from genuine community, feeling a sense of shame. 
maybe haven't spent time or money on trying to find something that would help um, experiences or opportunities, but actually still living with that sense of isolation. One famous American philosopher once wrote that he believed most people live lives of quiet desperation, longing for things in their lives to change, but not sure how to do that. This woman was living a life of quiet desperation. And so Luke tells us that she came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. She came up behind Jesus because she didn't want to be seen. She didn't want to be known. Um, She wasn't meant to be in a public crowd. The community would have been hacked off if they had known that she was there. She was embarrassed, but she thought, if I could just anonymously reach out to Jesus, maybe he could help me. If I could just maybe touch his cloak, maybe he could heal me. But she didn't want anyone to know that she was reaching out for Jesus. Maybe you're like this woman in the story. Maybe you would love to be able to reach out to Jesus, but you want to do it like secretly or anonymously. You don't want people to know. You don't want to be exposed, but you feel there's something about Jesus that you want to reach out to. Listen, if that is you, I want to give you an opportunity this morning in a few minutes' time to pray a simple prayer. Later on, at the end of this talk, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you to pray with me in your home. And There's going to be an opportunity for you to reach out to Jesus today. So this woman, she pressed through the crowd. She wanted to be anonymous. She reached out her hand to touch Jesus' cloak, and immediately she's healed. And Jesus says, who touched me? And his disciples were like, Jesus, what do you mean who touched you? That's a ridiculous question. There are people all around you. There are hundreds of people here. They're pressing in on you. It's like a rugby scrum here, Jesus. Bodies are everywhere. What do you mean who touched me? But Jesus says, I know someone has reached out to me. I I, I know someone has touched me. I'm not talking about those who are accidentally bumping into me. Jesus says, I know someone has reached out to me. I felt power leave my body. Just imagine the scene for a moment. The crowd stands still. Everyone falls silent as Jesus looks around and says, which one of you touched me? Everyone's looking at one another, wondering what will happen next. Why is Jesus asking the question? Because Jesus isn't some magician who offers physical healing tricks. Jesus is someone who wants a relationship with us. We're not anonymous to Jesus. I want to say this to everyone today. You're not anonymous to him. If you reach out to him, he will notice you. You're not just a face in the crowd to Jesus. There are hundreds of people in this story But it's the woman's story who's told because she specifically reached out to him. You see, there's a big difference actually between bumping into Jesus and reaching out in faith, believing Jesus can help you. You can be in and around church, you can be part of the crowd, you can bump into Jesus every now and again. But to actually intentionally and deliberately say, Jesus, I believe you can help me. Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus, I'm reaching out for you. That is a different thing. Hundreds of people were bumping into Jesus this day, but there was one woman who was reaching out, believing he could heal, believing he could make the difference. Don't just be in a crowd accidentally bumping into him. I want to encourage you today to actively reach out and say, Jesus, I want to know you. Jesus says, who touched me? And this woman steps forward, and we read she comes forward with some fear and trembling. She didn't want to be seen. 
Suddenly she's aware of all of these eyes upon her. This is like her worst nightmare. She didn't want the community to know that she was there. She hoped she'd be able to slip in and slip out and get healed. But Jesus knows that what this woman actually needs is not just physical healing. She needs restoration into her relationship. She needs to be restored into her community. And she steps forward, aware of everyone listening, and she explains her story. And she explains what she did and how she reached out through the crowd. And what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? When he says this, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Daughter, go in peace. This is actually a really unusual thing to say. This woman may well have been older than Jesus. Certainly she would have been a similar kind of age. It might have even been seen as socially kind of awkward or unacceptable for him to refer to her as a daughter. But there's a reason why he does this. And in fact, this is the only time in the Bible Jesus ever uses this name and calls someone by this name of daughter. You see, this woman who had been isolated for 12 years, separated from community. Jesus wants her to know, I'm not just healing you, I'm embracing you, I'm welcoming you. You're being welcomed into the family of God. You are loved, you're part of something much bigger. You are my daughter. He's telling her how precious she is, how important she is, how welcome she is. Jesus could have just healed her physically and left it there. But Jesus wants to restore us emotionally, relationally, socially. He loved this woman who had for so many years felt unloved and unlovable. And he calls her daughter. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. What a beautiful thing to say to someone who I'd imagine for years had lived with anxiety and disquiet in her soul. Daughter, go in peace. I'd imagine this woman for 12 years would have felt anxious about her physical condition and her health. I imagine for many years she would have felt anxious about finances because she spent everything that she had on treatment. I would imagine she felt anxious about relationships because she was separate from community. I can only imagine the anxiety she must have lived with. And here is Jesus, the Son of God, saying, go in peace. How transforming, how reassuring for her. But that same peace that Jesus is offering this lady is available to every single one of us today because I'd imagine people are watching this today with all kinds of anxiety about the current global situation. Maybe you're anxious about your own health or anxious about someone that you love who is unwell or anxious about work or finances or maybe anxious about your kids' education. And I'm saying today that you can know this Jesus that I'm talking about, the one who is the Prince of Peace, offering you peace today because the effect of meeting Jesus is always knowing an experience of the peace of God. So this message of peace is for everyone today, whether you follow Jesus for years or whether you are just checking out church online for the first time, there is a peace available to you today through meeting Jesus. This is the Jesus that we can know. This is the Jesus we fix our eyes upon. This is the Jesus that we can um, remain in every day and encounter in our lives. Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago, who was crucified to a Roman cross, who rose again into new life, and therefore, because he is alive, he can be known by everyone who reaches out to him. In a moment, I'm going to pray. 
and offer you an opportunity to reach out to Jesus. But let me just make one final comment about this story. Did you notice here that Jesus was willing to be interrupted? The story began with a man called Jairus saying, Jesus, can you help me? My daughter is unwell. And Jesus was traveling to see Jairus' daughter. But suddenly he stopped. Someone stops him in the crowd. And Jesus doesn't say, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I've got to go over here. Jesus was willing for his schedule to be interrupted by someone who is reaching out to him for help. Church, we are Jesus' hands and feet on earth. Jesus has entrusted his ministry to us. He said, go and do all the things that I do. Actually, he said, go and do even greater things. We're called to be like Jesus in our families and in our streets and neighborhoods and workplaces. But I wonder sometimes, are we too busy with our schedules to stop and help those that are reaching out to us? Right now, it can feel very easy to go into self-preservation mode, to kind of batten down the hatches. But to be Christ-like is actually to be interruptible, to be available to the person that needs to talk, to be available to the neighbor who needs some groceries picked up, We're living in a time, I believe, where many people, like this woman in the story, will be reaching out for help, where many people will be feeling isolated, separate from community, anxious. And yet, we've got to be wise and follow all the guidance that we've been given. But it's an opportunity for us to be like Jesus today. Jesus noticed this woman was in such desperate need, and he calls his church to notice those around us who are in need, to be willing to stop, to be willing to be interrupted for the sake of others, to pray and to encourage and to help us. I've said it before, I'm going to keep on saying it through this season. I believe this is a time to be the church like never before, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, being willing for our schedules to be interrupted to help others. So if you are a Christian watching this today, let me encourage you, fix your eyes upon Jesus, seek a daily encounter with him, be his hands and feet, But I know others are watching this and maybe you used to go to church, but for whatever reason, life got busy, whatever it was, you stopped going. I'd love to pray with you in a moment. Or or maybe you're watching this and you're not sure if you're a Christian or not, but I'd love to pray with you as well. Or maybe you're watching this and you've never experienced church ever before, but you're like, I want to reach out to this Jesus this guy's talking about. I'm going to offer you an opportunity to pray. I'm going to literally pray some words now and right there in your home, Just feel very free to pray these words um, along with me. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I am reaching out to you today. Like the woman in this story, I know that I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your restoration. I need your peace. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died and rose again. I believe that you are alive today and you are still welcoming people into your family. Please, would you welcome me? Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, and if you want to find out more ways that we can encourage you or support you as a local church. I would love you to get in contact with us. You can fill in the contact form on our website. That's www.tkc.org.uk or you can email us info at tkc.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. I hope you have a great day today. We are now going to worship together one more time.